You're listening to the Growth Experts Podcast. So if you're looking to 10X your business by learning proven growth strategies, you're in the right place. During my interviews with top CEOs, entrepreneurs, and marketers, I dig deep to uncover the real strategies, hacks, and tools to help you achieve your goals. And I'm your host, Dennis Brown. Hey, everybody. If you're interested in learning how to leverage LinkedIn for your business, this episode is sponsored by my book, The Seven Habits of Highly Successful LinkedIn Users. To get your free copy, just send a text to 44222 with the word seven habits. That's the number seven habits to 44222. Now let's get on with the show. Hey, welcome back, everybody. And today we have yet another amazing guest. His name is Brendan Kane, and he's a digital and business strategist for Fortune 500 corporations, global brands, and celebrities. He started his career in the entertainment industry, managing the digital division for two prominent movie studios. He then went on to build applications, platforms, and campaigns for celebrity clients like Taylor Swift, Rihanna, Katie Couric, Michael Strahan, and many, many others. Today, Brendan is best known for recently building a one million dollar or one million followers in a hundred countries in less than thirty days. Welcome to the show, Brendan. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I'm really excited because when I first had the opportunity to learn a little bit more about you, you know, you wrote this book called "The One Million Followers: How I Built a Massive Social Media Following in Thirty Days." And you know, it just drew me in because obviously, social media has become such a big part of what we do building personal brands and corporate brands. And so, you know, it really drew me in. So kudos for the title and kudos for being able to do that. Today, the cool part is that we're going to kind of dissect that a little bit. You're going to give us a framework of how how you did that and how people that are listening in the audience might be able to do it for their business. But before we do that, give us a quick intro. Give us a quick backstory here. Take a couple of minutes and tell us a little bit about your journey and then we'll dig right in. Sure. And thanks for having me. I really do appreciate uh, you having me on the show. So just to give you some background, so I've been in digital for about 15 years, and my background's a little bit different in the fact that I have pretty much touched every aspect of digital over the years because I'm of the mindset that I want to be constantly testing, challenging myself, and learning new things. Otherwise, I get bored very easily because I just have that creative energy where I like to learn and build constantly. So first started off in entertainment, like you mentioned in the intro, managing digital divisions for two movie studios, overseeing the digital campaigns for theatrical releases ranging from 15 to 100 million dollar budget films and then that turned into advising directors actors producers and writers and how to further syndicate their brand online and then from there working in the corporate world of the entertainment industry and the studio system i knew i really wanted to venture off and explore the world of being an entrepreneur so i started building technology platforms and licensing them to major media companies so i license platforms to mtv viacom vice yahoo MGM, Lionsgate, to name a few. And those partnerships opened up the opportunity to work with some of the largest celebrities in the world. So for example, that's how I got introduced to Taylor Swift and built technology platforms for her and her team for about two and a half years through a joint ventureship through uh, MTV. And then that opened up the doors to working with Rihanna and Michael Strahan and others and building technology platforms for them. And then from there, after really understanding and studying what it took for celebrities and individual professional athletes and people of notable stature, how they grew their audiences. I really wanted to understand how businesses and corporations and brands were able to reach a uh, global scale in a short period of time. Because with, with celebrities, I thought it was all about or- organic word of mouth sharing and how we build technology platforms 
to really fuel that. And then when I started to, to dive into the corporate world and the business world and the B2B world, a lot of it was structured around paid media, whether that was television, whether that was print, or the area I focused on was social paid platforms such as Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat. So I helped build one of the largest uh, social paid optimization firms in the world where we were managing spend for Fortune 500 companies and, and major brands. And it was really an eye-opening experience where we would have a major brand or corporation come to us and say, here's a piece of creative. We just spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on some cases, a million dollars on the production budget. And we want to spend another million dollars or so on targeting a specific demographic. And let's just say it's females 35 to 50 years old. And when you ask them, well, how do you know that this piece of creative is going to resonate with this audience to the tune of risking all of that money? Nine times out of 10, they didn't have the analytics or data to support that decision. And this was a reoccurring theme that I kept seeing over and over again. And I knew there must be a better way to go about it. So that's where I started off on this journey of building a set of testing methodologies and predictive calculations on top of Facebook and Instagram, really to be able to test content at scale and learn what formats, stories, themes, structures worked best with the core audience that you're trying to reach. And that's where I've really been focusing. The better part of the last three or four years is, is, is leveraging these testing methodologies to reach scale for my clients, whether they be a celebrity, a corporation, or brand. And then really the question was, okay, it's great to apply it for somebody that already has a big brand, ever, has a huge corporation, or is a celebrity. But what about the rest of us? What about people that are starting from scratch or zero? And I knew the only way to really answer that question was to run off a test and experiment to see if it was you could have that success with starting from zero. And that's where I decided to, to start this journey on myself. And uh, that's kind of the, the, the journey and the process that I got to at this point. And I will say one other thing is I leverage a lot of uh, psychology and human behavior in everything I do. So I'm, I'm a, a true fan and a student of how psychology and human behavior apply to social, apply to growing businesses, and apply to content in general. So I've studied under professors at Stanford and the Persuasive Technology Lab and other areas really to get a well-rounded experience when it comes to digital and, and growth in general. Perfect. No, listen, thank you for filling in the gaps because that really does help a lot kind of frame where you came from so that people can maybe grasp a little bit better some of the concepts you're going to share with us today. So tell us a really quick snippet about your business now. I know you've migrated from working inside a corporate and now you're working with a lot of personal brands and big brands. What is your, tell me a little bit about how your business structures today. Yeah. So what I do is I really come in and act as a high level strategist. So where, where I would say is my strong suit is, is I can come into any situation, whether that is entertainment, whether that is media, whether that's technology, whether it's health or e-commerce, whatever specific business or industry you're in, I can basically go in because of my diverse background and really sit down with either the CEO of the company, the VP of a company, or, or the, an entire team and really dissect what are their, their goals and objectives that they're trying to reach? What are the main obstacles that they're running into? And I help sit down and craft a strategy that's specific for their business so they can hit their goals in the shortest time period possible. So again, it's coming in at a high-level strategy and figuring out how we can reach their goals through a unique approach of paid media, technology, content optimization, social, whatever the client needs, because I've touched every element of it. I can advise them on that level. And then I have connections with the top experts in every aspect of digital. So I either come in and train their team on how to do it, or I can introduce them to specific contractors or agencies that can fill in specific gaps that they need in order to, to reach the, the objectives that they're trying to hit. 
So it's more strategy consulting than it is done for you. You're not necessarily going out and building these followings for those personal I do it for, and that's a great question. I do it for a select group of clients. I take on fewer and fewer in that that place because I would much rather come in and actually teach your team or teach you how to do it because you're going to get far more out of it than me doing it for you. Yes, I can do it for people and I do do it sometimes, but for me to come in and actually teach you how to do it, it's just that whole process and methodology is going to pay such huge dividends for your company in the long term to build that skill set in-house versus just having me do it for you. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, it comes back to the old adage, you know, teach a man to fish versus feed a man to fish. So so I agree. Exactly. I, th- I think you'll have a bigger impact on the organization long term if you actually teach them that framework and then they actually deploy it, which is sometimes the hard part. But, but ultimately, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I hear you. So with that in mind, I want to get a little bit micro into your business, into that strategy consulting business. If you had to pick the number one strategy that you use today to get new clients for that business, for your consulting business, what would it be? Yeah, so that's a great question. And I'll start at high level and then I can dive in deeper. But the reason, there's only one reason why I've closed huge clients, whether that is an MTV, an Xbox, a Disney, a Taylor Swift, is because I go in with the mindset of value. It just comes down to one word and it's value. Is how can you go into any situation, understand who that individual is on the other side of the table, what their pain points are, what their individual objectives are, and craft a story, craft a narrative that solves that pain point, that provides value to them. Because I will say what they say coming from the entertainment industry, it's notoriously one of the hardest industries to crack into because it's all about who you know. And what I have found in my business and and the entertainment and crossing over to other industries is when you're trying to approach and close a huge deal, whether that's with a CEO or a VP of a major corporation or brand, and you're doing that B2B process, where people fail is they just go in and try and sell their product. They go in and try and sell their service. They go and try and sell their company rather than taking the approach of, hey, let me go in there first, understand who this person is, where they fit in the company, what specific goals and needs do they have, And then I'm going to provide value through my product, service, or brand. And that may seem like such a small shift, but it pays huge dividends when you take that approach versus just going in, hey, I've got a deck. Let me walk you through my deck. Let me walk you through this demo. Let me walk you through this PowerPoint presentation versus actually sitting down, understanding the other person on the other side of the table, and then providing value through your product, your service, your brand. Because we got to a point, and I never walk into any meeting at, at this point in my career with a deck. I never go in with a preconceived notion of what I'm pitching or how I'm pitching it, because I feel like that just pins you into a corner where you're not really listening to the other person. You're not really understanding the person. And as you know, from a business like pitching the CEO versus the VP of marketing versus the COO versus middle management, you have to pitch them differently and you need to understand who they are. Otherwise, you're going to get pushed out the door right away. And so that's how I approach all of the meetings that I go into. But I also take that approach with any content marketing I do is how do you structure content marketing to provide the most value that's actually going to answer the pain point or answer the goals and objectives that your core audience is trying to reach? So let me ask you this. That makes total sense. You reverse engineered it based upon whoever your exact target that you're going to be meeting with, what their goals and and needs are, and you reverse engineered it that way. And I, I think that's something that's lost in translation when you hear people talking about sales, right? But I think Can you dive in a little bit deeper into how you get to that meeting? So for example, is it content marketing on social? Is it paid ads? 
Is it some other strategy? Is it speaking? Is it, you know, how do you get to the table or generate those opportunities so that you can meet with MTV or with other large corporate brands? It's a great question. So there's different ways that you could go about it. So for example, if you had to pick one, if you had to pick the go-to for Brendan to say, Hey, this is, this is what I've got. This is all the time and energy and bandwidth and resources I have. What would that one strategy be? Sorry to pin you well, down, but I think no, that's- No, that, I, no, I think that, and I appreciate you doing that because it's a great question. I will tell you the tactic that I use and I prefer, but I don't think it's right for everybody. And that's fine. Uh, and, I, and, and then I'll tell you the tactic that I would say if I was recommending it to, to other people. Sure. So the tactic that I always use is, is off of word of mouth and getting referrals from people. So I spend a, a great deal of my time spending time with people in different industries, understanding who they are, providing value to them, even though that I know that that deal or that person may not turn into a deal directly. And if it does, it may take years or they may refer me to somebody right out the gate. But I have found all the biggest deals I've come from, like, for example, like Taylor Swift, if you want to close Taylor Swift as a client, even if you're like a B2B, like, let's just say you have a technology that you want to sell to Taylor Swift, there is no possible way that you could reach out to Taylor Swift directly. So the way that I did it is I did a joint venture partnership with MTV to get to a Taylor Swift. And you may ask, well, how did you get a joint venture partnership with MTV? Is I was working for a movie studio at the time and the, the, the head of digital marketing from Paramount, I had a great relationship with her and she brought me into Viacom that then introduced me to MTV. So I spent a lot of time fostering relationships and I hate the word networking, but there is a sense of networking to it to foster relationships while looking at the long-term play of it and how I can provide value across the board so those relationships turn into business later down the road. So that's where I've had a lot of my success, but not everybody's cut out for that. Not everybody likes to spend the time meeting people and enjoy that process. So the, the process that I would re recommend, and we were talking about this before, is you have an amazing, powerful tool on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is one of the most powerful platforms out there in the world because as a business, if you're trying to connect with other businesses, you can pinpoint the exact person within an organization that's going to make the decision on whether they're going to buy your product or service. So what I always do is make a list of all of those people that you're trying to get in the door with and, and create those partnerships with, create licensing deals or sell your products or services. And then what you do is you really spend a tremendous amount of time figuring out how to craft your message where you're not just coming off as you're trying to sell your product or services. What I was selling, uh, telling you earlier is, how do you craft your message where when that person opens that message, you're solving a pain point for them. They're like, God, I've been looking for this or I need to meet with this person because it's a huge pain point. And going back to that company that I built, uh, the paid media company, uh, where we were optimizing social spend for Fortune 500 companies, brands and celebrities through cold outreach on LinkedIn, I was able to close Disney, which turned into a deal for Xbox, which turns into a deal for Fox. And that aggregate off of one cold message ultimately turned into tens of millions of dollars of paid spend that we were optimizing against. So really don't underestimate the power of a simple tool like LinkedIn to really grow your business. But you have to be strategic. You have to stand out and find out what's unique about you that's going to provide value to the other person on the side of the table. Love it. No, that's perfect. And we did talk a little bit about LinkedIn. And so that tees it up perfectly for the main topic that we're going to cover today. You wrote a book. And... People can get that book almost anywhere, Amazon, anywhere place they sell books. It's called 1 Million Followers, How I Built a Massive Social Media Following in 30 Days. So could you share with us the framework that you used on building that massive following in 30 days? Help us pull away, help the audience 
take a couple of nuggets with them today so they can apply it. Not that the expectations are that they build a million followers in 30 days, but that they can see a significant bump that could lead to opportunities in the near in the near future for them. Absolutely. Again, the, the, the methodology and process came out of a pain point that I saw in the other company that I was involved with where we were optimizing all this paid spend for the biggest brands and corporations in the world, where they'd come with us, invest all of this money, both on the production of the content and the paid spend. And nine times out of 10, they were just making these decisions blindly. And yes, sometimes it worked and they hit it out of the park and the content really performed. But a lot of times it didn't perform. And I said, there's got to be a better way to go about this than risking all this money in hopes that a piece of content is going to work. So again, my experience in paid media, I went to the paid platform, specifically the Facebook ad, ad advertising platform, which, as you know, extends to Instagram, WhatsApp and Facebook Messenger. So I spent about three years building a set of testing methodologies, predictive calculations on top of the advertising platform, not using it as a media buying tool, but using it as a market research tool. Because the Facebook advertising platform from a targeting perspective is so valuable. You can control all these elements from the demographics, the psychographics, the interest levels, the geolocation, all these different variables are at your fingertips. So what it allows you to do is to test content at scale and really understand what content themes, format, stories, and structures work without spending a tremendous amount of money. So the way that that process works and that methodology works is it's an adaptive process that includes three key steps. So the first step is setting a hypothesis where we determine, okay, what is the content theme, format, or story we best think is going to represent our brand or message and generate the intended response that we're looking for from our audience. And my experiment was to follow a brand that they had never been exposed to before. In other situations, it could be getting them to register for an email list, purchasing a product, just clicking and visiting a website. So whatever that is, and that hypothesis we're determining Again, what content theme, format, or story or structure is best going to represent our message and generate that intended response. The second step of that adaptive process is called the testing phase, where we create a low-cost proof of concept of that hypothesis. And when I say low-cost, I mean low-cost. I don't want people spending thousands or tens of thousands of dollars of content. Is what is an agile process that you can create a piece of content that represents the, the hypothesis you just set? So is it using stock photos or videos? Is it just putting a camera in front of your face and talking about your product or your brand or something unique to the audience that you're trying to reach. Because the idea is you want to create low cost so that you can quickly get to a testing phase so that you can measure the results, which is the third phase of, or the third step of this process is where you measure the results and figure out, did our, our hypothesis hold true? Did it generate the intended response that we're looking for? Did that person follow our account through this piece of content? Did they register for an email that they click on the ad or whatever that may be. And if they didn't, then you pivot and you start the process all over again, where you basically set a new hypothesis, you test and you pivot and you repeat that agile process over and over again until you find the hypothesis that holds true. And then you scale with that. So what I did over the course of 30 days is I used this agile process, again, built on top of the Facebook and advertising ad platform where every night at midnight, I would schedule a test of anywhere between 50 to 300 variations of content. And then when I would wake up in the morning, I would measure the results. I would look at what had worked and what had not worked. What had got somebody to follow my account versus variations that weren't yielding the results and, and the, the ratios of followers that I was looking for. Then I would take those learnings to fuel the next set of tests at midnight the next night. And again, wake up in the morning, measure the results and do it again. And over the course of 30 days, I tested over 5,000 variations of content 
to really narrow in on the exact content formats, themes, structures, stories, all of that, that was generating followers at the highest possible velocity. And going back to using these advertising platforms as a market research tool, one of the core metrics that I'm looking at is what is the velocity at people being exposed to my content and then sharing them, sharing my content with their social connections? Because what happens is you can maximize paid to generate earned. And that's where I see a tremendous amount of success is not only does the, these advertising platforms provide intelligence on the right content to, to distribute through your social channels, but it also can be used to identify these brand advocates that will share your content at a high velocity, which will generate that organic growth off of the paid that you're leveraging. So that's what I, I did over that 30-day time period. And I'm just going to stop there because you may have some questions that I can dive in, into further from there. No, I appreciate it because there was a lot there, right? So a lot of what you did, I mean, you set, there was three primary things. You set the hypothesis, you set up an agile testing phase for creating content, and then you measure the results and then you wash, rinse, repeat. But you did it at a very high velocity of, like you said, you put between 50 and 300 variations per day, daily for 30 days. You tested over 5,000 different combinations. And a lot of that was run through Facebook's paid advertising platform, right? Because let's face it. I mean, Facebook's paid advertising platform is from a click and from an engagement perspective is pretty inexpensive if it's done right. And so it sounds to me like, you know, you didn't have to spend a million dollars to get a million followers, which obviously doesn't make a lot of sense in this day and age. But LinkedIn is such, is a very different type of pay to play game, right? It's significantly more expensive to do paid advertising on LinkedIn. And let's just face it, the technology from a targeting perspective just isn't the same as Facebook at this point of the game. So could you pivot over and talk a little bit about how, if you were starting today, knowing what you know now, how you would build that following on LinkedIn to focus more on the B2B side? Yeah. So the way that I would approach it is first really understanding what are your business objectives and goals. And if you're all about right now, I need to scale my business through business development deals. I need to close revenue. I would focus less on a following and more on the strategic content optimization process of how you structure your message, how you structure your product, how you structure your brand in a way that can articulate a tremendous amount of value to your core customer through a simple cold message. And as I mentioned, we started off this process on LinkedIn when we were scaling the paid media company, which allowed me to close business deals with Disney and, and Fox and Xbox through that approach. The approach that we've kind of transitioned to is we connect with people, extract their emails, and then craft a anywhere between a three to seven email cadence. So we're taking the message off of LinkedIn because what we've found is that there's too many people that are actually sending really poorly structured messages out on LinkedIn that's all about selling and not providing value, which dilutes kind of everybody else's messages that are actually trying to provide value. So if you're all about business development deals is how do you test not how, but you go off and you craft a few different messages, testing your value proposition by sending it to 5, 10, 15, 20 people, measure the response rate in the same way I was doing on Facebook, except you're not using the advertising platform, you're just doing cold outreach, messaging the response rate, see what works, see what doesn't work, and then craft the next set of messages and next set of messages. In addition, another great tactic that we often do is we'll go off and we'll message people, our core customers, and we'll just say, hey, listen, I really admire the success that you've had. I would love to sit down and just learn more about your company and your product and services and how you 
have been able to achieve the level of success that you have. Because then those coffee meetings or those lunch meetings, then you can start asking questions. What is my customer's real pain point? How do I need to package this pain point to get them to pay attention? Because again, with Facebook and Instagram, I can leverage the ad platform and measure the response in real time at scale. With LinkedIn, you don't really get that opportunity because this, the level of social engagement, as you mentioned, is, is much lower. So you need to find those opportunities to be able to test messages, test value propositions so that you can structure it in your content so that when you're sending content out on LinkedIn or if you're extracting emails from LinkedIn, then you can make sure that you're putting your best foot forward and you're, you have a hook point that stands out with the, the individual customers or, or companies that you're trying to close. Yeah, that's interesting. So your connection and then messaging strategy, kind of nurturing them using highly relevant content that's specific to their pain points and using email to do it. I think that makes a lot of sense. What technology do you use? Or is it is it more just one-to-one? Or are you using something like a yes mail? Or are you using some other platform for sending those messages? Because I know, you know, depending on how, how many prospects you're trying to entertain and the cadence of your messages, it can sometimes be difficult. Yeah. So there's first off with LinkedIn, there's there's tools like a Chrome extension like LinkedIn Helper, which helps auto-connect and extract those emails. And then there's plenty of CRM platforms out there that you can use to pipe those emails into, whether it's an Infusionsoft or another company that can manage all of that. But I would definitely first pay attention to the scale that you're trying to reach. Like, are you planning on sending 100 emails or 10,000 emails? And that will dictate because some of the CRMs can get a bit pricey and expensive, but there's plenty of them out there. And I'm not really an expert in CRM, so I don't want to make a specific recommendation. I will say that I'm using Infusionsoft for my CRM, but I'm not by any means endorsing them. I think people need to do their their own research on it. But yeah, it's really important that you at least have some type of structure to it so that you can measure the response rate and build it so that it scales later down the road. Gotcha. Okay. So that's on the business development side. So let's say, for example, we do want to build a following because we're looking to try to generate more inbound leads, build social proof, and do the all the benefits of actually building a following on LinkedIn, how would you pivot in that respect? What would be your strategy knowing what you know now? Yeah, so there's two ways that I would approach it. First off is, again, producing and testing content on LinkedIn. So create video, create text, measure the response, measure the organic reach, measure the engagement to see how how far that is amplifying your content, amplifying your brand, and how much traffic is being driven back. And from my understanding, doing it from a personal profile versus a business profile, you have more success in doing that. So again, it's taking that same process I used in growing Facebook and applying it to LinkedIn, where you set a hypothesis, you test and you pivot and you keep doing that over and over again until you find the content formats that and themes and stories that are driving that organic growth, driving the most reach on your posts. The second strategy that I would use is still leverage Facebook because the scale is so large in Facebook. So do you have a CRM? If you do have a CRM, take those emails, pipe them into Facebook, leverage them to create lookalike audiences. And then what you have the option to do is you can either drive them into a, you know, a lead gen funnel where you either use the lead gen ad or you create a landing page where they can opt in with their name or their email. And then once you have that contact information, then you can build that relationship and transfer it to LinkedIn because now you have the, these people, you have multiple opportunities to communicate with them, not just on LinkedIn, but other things, but keep reminding them about LinkedIn. And the amount of traffic that you can drive off of Facebook is just enormous. Like at one time I was driving between eight to 10 million visitors a month 
outside of Facebook through the clients that I was working with. So another tactic that you can do is, do is you can post LinkedIn articles or advertisements for LinkedIn articles on Facebook and drive that traffic back to your LinkedIn profile. So it's driving traffic and driving engagement back to your profile. So those are the two areas that I would test and experiment and learn from. Because again, it's, it really depends so heavily on your content and the way your content's structured and the way that your content hits your audience that you need to test all these things. I'm never going to say if you do this definitively, it's going to work 100% of the time because it's so dependent on your message and your value proposition of how it's going to resonate with your audience on specific platforms. Gotcha. That makes sense. There's no one size fits all. Obviously, it depends on your target market, depends on the value delivered, depends on where you're at in your business. There's a lot of variables there. But no, I think those are some really valuable tips. Let's do this. The next couple of questions, let's do rapid fire, and then we're going to have to close it out for today. What's your favorite growth tool or software you're using today to grow your business if you had to pick one? The Facebook advertising platform by far. Yep. Figured that much. <laughs> yeah. What? And then again, that extends to Instagram too. So yeah. Instagram's advertising platform is the Facebook advertising platform. So when I say that, it extends to Messenger, Instagram, and WhatsApp. Perfect. Okay, great. So besides your book, obviously, and I'm going to give everybody an opportunity to how to get a copy of that here at the end. Besides your book, what's one book you would recommend to my audience? Contagious by Jonah Berger. Awesome. Well, listen, I'll put all that in the show notes. Let everybody know how they can reach out, connect with you, learn more about what you do and get your book. So the book, you can go to 1millionfollowers.com and that has all the information in the book. If some people want more information in the book and want to figure out how to get closer access to me, if they want to do that, they can go to 1millionfollowers.com forward slash growth. And again, 1 million followers is spelled with one O-N-E, or they can email me directly at B as in boy at seekers, S-E-A-K-E-R-S.com. Again, that's B at seekers, S-E-A-K-E-R-S.com. Or you can direct message me on Instagram at Brendan Kane. So one of those channels, uh, you can get a hold of me. Perfect. We'll make sure all that's in the show notes. I really appreciate you uh, joining me today. Congrats on all your success. And I'm sure we'll chat again soon. Great. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks, Brendan. Listeners, I want to thank you for tuning in. I truly appreciate your time. If you're enjoying the podcast, then do me a huge favor. Click the subscribe button now and please leave me a review. It would mean a lot to me.